Before we start today's podcast, I just have one question for you. Have you got your Christmas present yet? Maybe two questions. Are you still looking for a Christmas present? Because if you are, if you're still figuring it out, why not consider folklory? And Terence, what is folklory? Your folklory is something that we conceived, which is we preserve your family memories as personal podcasts. And uh, I think the reception so far to all the customers that we've served is, has been pretty amazing because everyone has told us it's such a unique gift and unlike anything that they've given or received before. And, and if you're wondering what do we mean by turning family memories into personal podcasts, basically, whomever you want us to talk to, we have a conversation with them, we turn it into a podcast that we give to you. So it's a, it's, it's a way to save memories as like a time capsule, you know. And we know that it sounds like a foreign concept, which is why we recently launched uh, a sister podcast, if you may. Uh, it's called Folklory Stories, where we actually have uploaded full-length folklories that we have published with the permission from customers. So you can get an idea of what a folklory is. You can listen to it. You can see how we do the interviews. And the reason why these customers allowed us to make their folklories public is because they loved the gift that we created for them. So if you want a gift for someone you love for this Christmas that maybe you're still looking for, just head on over to our website at folklory.com. That's F-O-L-K-L-O-R-Y.com. And we can get something to you in a matter of weeks. All right. So check it out. And we will be sharing more about this on the incoming podcast. So stay tuned. There might even be some promos. And now on to the podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. Your thrice weekly podcast where we talk about the hottest news with a touch of what, Terrence? Good old racist humor. Uh, Just kidding. Good old racist humor from your friendly neighborhood. (laughs) interracial podcasters yeah we're the only ones that can really like just outright say hey we're gonna partake in in uh, racial a bit of racial racially charged discussions eh? like a disclaimer yeah. like a disclaimer that uh, yeah. Dave Chappelle gave before his latest uh, latest SNL monologue which has gotten some flag uh. have yeah, you seen yeah. no I haven't seen it but is uh, that your one trip thing or something that you're gonna talk oh no 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 no, okay. it's not it's not it's not so just now when I was saying the intro and realizing that it's already November, mm. uh, did we start the year doing three three episodes a week or was it something this year that we evolved? Uh? Uh, it's been three for as long as I can remember. As in, I know December we took a bit of a hiatus because I was traveling. Yeah. Yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah I think maybe oh, three three episodes a week. Now we're at episode 340 already, is it? Mm. Uh, no, three, three, this is 339. Yeah. 339. Yeah, yeah. Ah, I'm going to hit 350 soon. Ah. Ooh. Mm. Yeah. Who would have thought when we first started that we hit 350 episodes? Yeah. And we're not going to stop. I got to hit about 1,000. 1,000. Correct, correct. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, we, we, we uh, that's not our topic. La. Dave Chappelle is not our topic. Oh, yeah, like, it's not. Yeah, yeah it's not. Um, it's not. Yeah, but uh, in general, I think you've really. Don't so sort I grew of, uh, Terrence. No, no, but you've already given a plug. <laughs> la, right? Yes, and you are moving the ship forward. With uh, without telling the rest of the crew that you're moving the ship forward, and that's the annoying thing, you know. Like you already no, said, sail, was... and you're like you're giving the plug without even saying that it's the plug. So everybody, no, that was, was the plug. Yeah. No, that was not the plug. That was just a wave and a wind, and I let it uh, chart our sail uh, But yeah, now I'm yeah, bringing la. it back on course okay, okay. and letting you letting you take the wheel, Terence. Okay, okay. That's an iceberg ahead. But anyway, yeah, there is a. <laughs> As always, you know, like, yeah, we have just been pumping out almost 350 episodes already. Uh, uh-huh. But I guess if, if 
any one of these episodes has touched you, please let someone know about it or leave us a good review wherever you listen to this podcast. Mm, uh, that's mm, very, mm. That helps us a lot, yeah. Yeah, man. Cool. Cool. All right. Uh, are, we, are we ready to move forward? Yes. Iceberg straight ahead. Yeah. Okay, iceberg straight ahead. Uh, a white iceberg, uh, incidentally. Oh, okay. Um, Mm. <laughs> All right, let's, we're going there. Okay. <laughs> no, it is the, it is a very focused topic that was serious enough to make the first topic, mm. And it is mm. the mm. a recent TikTok video released by uh, an individual in Singapore that claimed uh, that Singapore as a country that we need to grow up um, because there's a rampant racism in Singapore. Like he's an expat, mm. and yes. he released a maybe two to three minute video talking about a recent experience. Uh, with his condo guard house mm. that made him want to make a video talking about racism in general in Singapore. Lah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I mean, it, it, when, when we, we were talking about this, I thought it would it had blown up to the max, but it hasn't blown up like, like millions of views yet lah, mm. or, or ever, right? Uh, I mean, there is an article on Asia One about it. And uh, I mm. think uh, it's quite hotly discussed uh, I think on the Singapore subreddit yeah. as well. So it's, yeah, yeah. And I, I believe there's a, you know, it's a bit more nuanced story than, than what the headlines would have you to believe, lah. Right. Yes, correct. Yeah. So so maybe just to to go through the high level of what he said in case you haven't seen the video. Mm. Um, he just recorded it in his living room. Uh, he's a British expat, and he started off by saying that um, okay, you know, you would think racism is non-existent. It's 2022. Uh, but he's seen some things in Singapore for the past five years that he has been here that made mm. him, uh, all, like in his words, speechless. Mm. So mm. a recent example from this past Sunday was uh, when he had had like a a, a, a gathering plan for him and his team mm. uh, with more than 50 colleagues. Uh, and it was supposed to be at West Coast Park. Yeah. But it was raining. Uh, so he invited them to his condo. Uh, mm. And while he was in his apartment, he got in a call from one of his colleagues saying the guard house is not letting them in like, because they're asking for their work pass or they're saying because they are work pass, um, they can't enter. Yeah. Um, and then he went on to say he went to the guard house, he was fuming. He told them he's an uh, EP pass holder. He's got people who are S passes, locals, and all his teammates who are working with him. Like. Mm. And then he said, and I quote, just because they have a certain skin color and nationality, you mm. decide to question them and ask them for their pass. What are you doing? It's fucking nuts. Mm. Um, and that the condo security staff, instead of holding them up at the guardhouse, should have called him to verify that, okay, the migrant workers are his, his guests. Mm -hmm. um, and then he ends up by saying, Singapore, you need to grow up. You need to get out of your mindset. Get me out of this country. I'm done. Mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So, Outrage, racism, yeah. discrimination. Singapore. Outrage, racism. And being so told by a foreigner. You, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it checks all the boxes, of, all the boxes. of the things that <laughs> checks all the boxes. No, the, uh, the one thing that wasn't checked was that he he switched off comments on this video, so oh, uh, yes. you can't really immediately see the reactions to 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 it, lah. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, so when did you first catch wind of this, or what made you want to talk about it? Uh, yeah, I think I saw the article, uh, saw it on Reddit, and then uh, I I mean I think uh, it's a very common experience uh, right that that when when you hear about um migrant workers and and people being discriminated in terms of service in terms of like access to places because of their skin color uh, right i think there were mm. there were last time there were all these things about oh should 
should uh, domestic helpers be allowed to use the swimming pool, condominiums and things like that, you know? Because mm-hmm. uh, there's this very delicate balance between, uh, you know, uh, is your, for example, is your domestic helper working with you or is she living with you as a resident and all? And so that, mm. you know, the people, there, there's a lot of places where people debate and there are a lot of different opinions about how uh, this kind of situation should be handled. La. But I think this one is particularly interesting because, uh, you know, it's a foreign expatriate who's living and working in Singapore, bringing up family in Singapore, who's saying that he's done with Singapore. So, you know, those worst fears that people say about, oh, if Singapore is not open, it's not an open society, if it's racist and people are discriminated against, there will be foreign talent, la, so to speak, who will not want to live in Singapore, la, right? Mm, and so mm, this this... Mm. Cuts the economic cuts to the economic bottom line of Singapore, and, and it, it's something that you know worth. I think is is much more worth discussing, right? Than just about mm. how we treat each other in Singapore. Uh, mm. But how about you? What do you think when you first heard of this story and all? Uh, at first, I thought I'm like, okay, it seems like this these videos are getting more and more rampant, right? Um, what, what kind of videos are you talking an, about? Like a foreigner making a video about Singapore mm. and complaining about racism. Because just this past week, there was another article um, mm. about... Uh, what was that? Uh, Singapore is dirty as fuck. Uh, oh, really? Tourist complaints about country mock 7-Eleven stuff in video. Mm, so, yes. yeah. So I saw that. I mean... Uh, and then there are all yeah, these so, guys, all these foreigners on, on our SQ flights. Like being unruly and attacking oh yeah, the correct. attacking the the stewards that, and stewardesses and all, right? <laughs> that video was insane, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just watching it, like, what is in his mind? But anyway, yeah. So, so this one, when I first saw the video, um, I was a bit confused, admittedly, because mm. initially when he said fifty friends, uh, and then they were stopped, uh, for work, uh, like at the security guard house and all, and he mm. was complaining about racism. I won't deny that my first thought was that, oh, it's it's all like um, Caucasian expats. Mm, mm. And then I was thinking, oh shit, um, why is he complaining? It's like a gathering of 50 people, la, you know? Yeah. Like any, yeah. if it's an influx, there will always be concerns. Um, but then I saw the video he uploaded, I think the day after, mm. where he was sitting in his car. Did you see that video? I haven't seen the, the follow-up video. Yeah, so he just uh, recorded a video of him sitting in his car saying, hey hey guys, you know, good morning, just wanted to spread some positive vibes. I had to turn off the comments on my previous video because there was just a lot of negativity and slander. And mm. one thing I did take away, or I, I, I did do admit, is that there's racism everywhere, but we can all do better. Uh, and mm. it's not just in Singapore. And then he said, I still don't want to ruin the wonderful day I had with my colleagues. So here are some photos that of, of what happened. Uh. So he shared photos. And that, that was when I realized, oh, most of his colleagues are... Um, like uh, darker skinned migrant workers. Mm, okay. So initially, I thought, so I don't know, does that make me a racist when he said that he had 50 friends who were coming out of all white people? <laughs> <laughs> then I saw the photo, then I was like, oh, 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 mm. that, 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 that gives a bit more context. Yeah. Uh, and that's why I thought this whole thing was, was interesting. Then I rewatched the TikTok his initial TikTok video, because his accent is quite strong. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he said, yeah, the 20 to 30 of his colleagues were not being let in because they were holding work pass. Mm-hmm. So when he said that he has, he's an EP, there were locals, there were S-passers, I'm assuming they were the ones let in. Lah. But mm-hmm. the worker, mm-hmm. work passers were not let in. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then I like rewatched both videos over and over again, and I was reading okay. comments online. 
So, so I mean, like he did uh, upload a video. I don't think there was anything more than what I just said because it was him sitting yeah. in his car. Correct, correct. But what are your overall thoughts about it? Like everything that's unfolded. I mean, uh, yeah, speaking from my moral high ground, obviously, mm. it, it's. I, I thought. I think if if everything that we take everything at face value and say that it's true, like, right? Um, it's kind of yeah, like, It's kind of screwed up, like, Right? That only. Uh, certain people of a skin color were were questioned and all that, because um, I think uh, you know, like like you say, if it was it was all Caucasians or white people, would they face that same kind of issue, like, Right? Mm. Um, yeah. So definitely, there there is a there's a there definitely can be a case for immediate outrage, like, in these kind of situations, and I can imagine him. At that point of time, it just seems crazy or illogical and 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 racist, and therefore, uh, you know, he felt compelled to call it out and 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 put it out as such, lah. Um, but at the same time, I mean, we're only really hearing his side of the story, right? And mm. and we don't hundred percent know was it, is it really like like only the dark skinned people singled out in the instance of the twenty to thirty people being kept out of the condo because that's what he says it is like right but but mm. do we know that if that's 100 percent the truth i i'm i think that one we have to we i would love to hear the the condo security side of the story but they probably wouldn't want to comment on it like. um but yeah so so you, i think we're only hearing one side of the story but how about you from from your moral high ground like what is your immediate thought what, what were your immediate thoughts uh? My moral high ground is so high uh, that I can't see much because I'm above the clouds. Uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's but I will, try, I will try, I will try. I will try. I mean, like, uh, I, I, when I saw the photos of, okay, his, his colleagues, I thought, oh, okay, uh, then it's an issue. Like, but then, mm. I also feel that this is just uh, one side. Mm. Because, I mean, uh, I have family that stay in condo. I don't stay in condo, but I know that condo, and I have friends also like who stay in condos, mm. right? And mm. I know the management. It does differ condo to condo, mm. right? Yeah, some condos you can just walk in and they don't give a fuck. Yeah. Some they're like you have to write down your full name, contact number, call the person. So that varies, right? Mm. And I can't imagine if there's an influx of people coming that it might be a little. Uh, okay, concerning. La. So, so like, I can imagine some pushback. But then mm. also, the fact that they are sing, that they are allegedly single, singling out the, um, the, the, the work passes, that mm. also I can imagine. Mm. Um, I know way back, there was once when, uh, this was a 2008, when I was still like this young, impressionable boy, came back from uni during summer, and I went for my internship at a company at the company that, um, at one company. So when I walked in, it was the first meeting where I needed to go collect something. So I went in, uh, <laughs> and the first thing, uh, the, the person said, very nice auntie, she said, oh, you're here for the security guard job, is it? Then, <laughs> then I was like, I mean, like, uh, that I still remember that thing, like, I mean, not shitting on security guards or something, but based on what they saw on first impression, they assume mm. a certain thing, like, Mm. What do you think so? Years, maybe I, maybe she just she just really was just whether you're Chinese or or, or Indian or what, she would ask you the same thing. How do you mm. know? How so do you that know for hundred percent is because correct. of your skin color? That is another layer that we cannot downplay also. Because yeah. I've also heard some of my relatives say that when they go on a bus and they sit next to someone and the person rubs their nose, right? Mm. They say, Yeah, because they can't stand our smell. 
Mm. But then I'm like, uh, maybe they just had an itchy nose. Like I rub my nose in public, mm. you know. But then yes. also it, the the feed the backlash to that is oh, are you trivializing actual microaggressions? You mm. know why are you so laissez faire about this? Why you so yeah. it is a real problem. So yeah. sometimes I'm like, whoa, whoa, fuck. And because it's so complicated, when I see a video like this, there's just one side. And for him, I don't know, that blanket statement, I felt was a bit too far-reaching. Like, oh, Singapore yeah. definitely has racism. Yeah. But if you're sharing your side, you don't know what was happening. And uh, I don't know, man. It's a confusing thing. Like. And and there was even, I, I would even say that there's some kind of entrapment. There's a, there's a racial racist mental entrapment going on with his video like he, he Whoa, released this video word, right man. yeah i mean i'll explain what it is he released the video it says that the 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 you know the security guards stop people because of their work pass to ask for their work pass and say that work pass holders are not allowed like, right and like you mm. like that i guess um that i mean depends on how closely you watch the video i think a lot of people watched it and just immediately assumed that when they say work pass it must be you know, dark-skinned migrant workers, like, you know. And so mm. when you make that assumption that just because someone is on the work pass and then that means they must be dark-skinned migrant workers, that <laughs> makes you a racist just for thinking that, yeah. for watching the video and thinking that, you see. So there's almost like some kind of like ra- racial framework entrapment there. Like it makes you immediately start thinking of things in the, uh, you know, from the, from the framework of, uh, of race. La. And that's where I found... <laughs> <laughs> that's where I found and you, you can see this this literally some of the, the reactions on Reddit like people are like oh you know they, they're just assuming that just because they're Indian and then someone was like how do you know they were Indian just because he says what pass or dark skin doesn't necessarily mean that they're <laughs> see, Indian you know so that's racist I thought they were white <laughs> so yeah. am I not racist because I thought they were white <laughs> yeah, oh yeah you reverse <laughs> like you are like the, you think that because white they must be damn good that, come on that's racist that's racist <laughs> yeah so yeah, so there was some entrapment going on there. So that's where yeah, like, like you, I, I felt like um, it, it was a very broad strokes that he painted about racism and discrimination in Singapore, and and you know not really hearing what the condo site is saying. Uh, you know, you only see half the picture, Of Because I mean, like you, like, like and, and you know, fifty people entering a house. I know we're not in COVID times anymore, but if you're a security guard, like you, you, it's probably just you and one colleague. You know, managing like. I don't know how many units are. There's always a there's always a protocol you have to follow. And then if you don't follow that protocol, or you're caught not following that protocol, you'll probably lose your job, lah, you know? You you'll very quickly get complaints or you'll lose your job. Because letting fifty people into a condo is a it's a it's a very um that's a lot of people and then after that you'll probably be dealing with a, a lot of phone calls complaining about noise and all things like that, right? So mm. I yeah, maybe maybe the condo has some kind of protocol where if there's a large number of people going to one unit, you need to check that, you know, they're not like trying to uh secretly do whatever it is, renovation work or anything like that. Like, cause cause this this kind of shit does happen, uh, right? Where mm. where you know in, in certain uh in the condo the rules are that you can't do construction work at a certain time or you can't do it on a weekend. But some people still they don't care, they just bring their contractors in and the contractors still do their thing. Uh. And then there's drilling on like, you know, at 6 p.m. on a Saturday. It happens. Uh. So, um, you know, like maybe the condo management has some really, uh, has some protocols that aren't great, that aren't uh, keeping up the times or are a bit, a bit discriminatory towards some people. And they need to amend that. Lah. But I w- in that sense, I wouldn't say it's the security guard himself being racist, lah, you know. 
uh, it mm. could be a management institutional thing, and and I think that needs to be addressed. Up because I've been in a situation where where I've called an ambulance to my my condo, and then ambulance came, picked up everyone, and then as the ambulance is trying to exit, the security guard suddenly stops the ambulance and like starts asking questions about, oh, you know, what hospital are you going? What unit were you from? Huh? Yeah, so <laughs> I'm like, at that point, I was following the ambulance, and I was like, uncle. Can you don't ask this question? I'm trying to rush my kid to the hospital now. Please don't. All these things we can deal with later. It's not important, uh, you know. And and, and I, I definitely felt emotional. I felt angry towards the the guy. I was like, why are you being such a boomer by by doing all this when I just want to get my kid to the hospital, lah? Um. But the more I thought about it, I didn't realize it, it's it's not him. It's the protocol that he has to follow. He's trying to follow mm. a protocol that is probably a very stupid protocol. And if any complaint should be made, it should be made to the condo management and not to the secure about the security guard, lah, right? Um mm. so yeah, I mean, I can understand the guy was very emotional. That's why he probably made this video. But uh I think he should take it up with his management first about the policies lah, rather than singling out the security guards of being or, or Singaporeans that for that matter for being racist. Lah. Right. Yeah, because even I mean, my brother stays in a in a condo, and when he was doing his renovations, um, I was there, kind of like um, helping out once in a while. And I remember one instance where there was a delivery uh, that was done, or like some some people, uh, uh, they my brother got to pick up some furniture came after six, mm, mm. um, and there was a ruler, you know, that the people cannot come at six. Uh, after six, and the security guard was very adamant, and the security guard is very sweet, auntie. Like mm. uh, I've seen her many times and she was like very very no this cannot this cannot and uh i mean in the end she 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 uh, we managed to finish it by like 6 15 so it was fine but after that the next day i just went and said okay i'm, I'm sorry and then she said yeah i'm, I'm also sorry but last mm. time i really cannot scolded yeah i really cannot scolded by the boss you know like someone did this and i really I, and i cannot be scolded again mm. then like what you say like then i'm like wow fuck these people um, they are ultimately even if they disagree, they kind of have to follow it because their jobs are almost unfortunately like irre- like replaceable, like, You know, mm-hmm. uh, and it's a very sad truth that that uh their job like I think every day you the sometimes when you see them act somewhat unreasonably, mm-hmm. I think you can understand, man. Like it's so easy. Uh, first of all, another instance also at, at at the same condo was like I think it was a festive time, either Christmas or Chinese New Year or something, yeah. and. When people put book the functions room, function yeah. room, there were guest visitor lots la. Yeah. So there yeah. were a lot of cars that come in. But because all the guest visitor lots were taken up yeah. and some other guests of other people came and they couldn't park, then the uh uh people started calling the guardhouse saying, Why are you letting so many cars? Mm, 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 mm. And then the security guards can ask it again. Yeah. Yeah. Then when when they uh they stopped the guests from parking in, they can ask it. Mm. So it's so that's why this video, this guy, like, uh, doesn't seem like he reached out to the management. Doesn't seem mm. like he, he did anything else. And that's why I watched the video. I'm like, Oof. um, yeah, it's just one of those things that I don't. I think it polarizes more than does anything else, la. Yeah, and then the subsequent videos. Okay, now there's a lot of negative feedback on my video, and so I'm posting a video about positive vibes only. <laughs> Yeah, so so when you when you watch the video, I mean, clearly the negativity. I mean, I got to him because you can mm-hmm. see, but it feels like um, uh, like it's almost like okay, it's it's justified that he released the video. I mean, okay, he wants to release the video, fine, but mm. I guess it's maybe that kind of like blanket statements that's quite unsettling. Like. But mm-hmm. on the flip side, 
if mm. you recall like earlier this year there was there was someone who posted on TikTok about his losing his wallet mm. but it being returned with all of the cash still inside like $460 yeah. Yeah. that yeah. was him that was him as well positive vibes it's the same guy yeah positive vibes man positive vibes well then the, shouldn't that cancel out him being done with Singapore like he should be like oh Singapore's so awesome and not, but now he's like I'm so done with Singapore yeah so don't know eh like uh, yeah. he's an interesting character uh, yeah. emotional la. he's just, definitely feeling emotional about, about what happened la, right and maybe what he yeah. said was uh, was you know was, was more out of emotion than anything la. like is he really going to uproot and leave Singapore I don't know maybe let's see yeah yeah, because I mean there is racism in Singapore. Don't mm. get me wrong. There's yeah. racism, there's discrimination in Singapore, it is a fucking problem. Yeah. But when you take an isolated thing like this and you make a video and it just goes viral, I don't know, it just it just does more to polarize people, yeah. I feel. Yeah. I mean I don't want to trivialize trivialize or, or you know, make light of a, of a situation. But remember like when you know, we're still reeling from uh COVID, obviously. And mm. also, plus, like, just a couple of weeks ago, we saw what happens when large crowds of people, uh, overly large crowds of people gather in groups and all that. And I'm sure, mm. I'm sure management of, of uh, condominiums and security guards and all that have been, has, since all these incidents have happened, have been, more, have been briefed more about, about, you know, watching crowds and being aware of crowd sizes and things like that, like, right? Because um, mm. anytime there's a crowd, I think Itaewon proved that anytime there's a crowd in a small confined space kind of situation, uh, bad shit can happen, lah, right? And, yeah. and and it is part of their job. It is their duty to manage the situation. And it sucks for people because you'll probably be stopped from entering a place or you'll be asked to leave or you're not allowed to enter and things like that. And people are going to get pissed off. But at the end of the day, you know, a lot of these security guards and, and, and police personnel and, and even soldiers and all, they're just trying to do their job to, to keep everyone uh, safe as well, lah. So, yeah, uh, yeah I, I wouldn't, I think that's the first thing to re remember when you're very angry about these things is that these people are just doing their job, which is to keep you safe or so, right? And and, mm. and before you paint the broad stroke of like, oh, it's racist and all that, I think you got to think about that. Uh, I mean, and then mm. he says like, oh, you know, it's, it's either you check everyone or you don't check anyone at all. You know, they're kind of like, it's got to be one or zero. Uh, and I'm like, you know, you you and I, we've been through uh, army and all that, lah, right? And and there are protocols and all, but sometimes the protocol ha also has to allow for certain nuances as well, lah. Like, like if there's a certain number of people, then something gets triggered, lah, right? You don't immediately go from, especially like let's say when you're doing guard duty, they always tell you there's this, you have to do this. There's this SOP for um for engaging, lah, right? You can't just like. The moment you see someone, a trespasser, you don't realize, you take out your gun and you shoot him. You can't do that either, you know? It's not one mm. or zero. You kind of got to, okay, you got to follow. Okay, first thing I'm going to do is, you know, halt who goes there. And then after that, take out ref, rifle, arm weapon. And then halt who goes there. And then after that, fire warning shot in the air. And then fire warning shot three more times. And then after that, then you can shoot the person. So I know it mm, sounds yeah. like, oh, that doesn't make sense. Like if you see someone dangerous coming, shouldn't you straight away be able to react? But no, no, that's not how it works, like. That's not how crowd control, that's not, not how security works. You still have to follow certain protocols and the protocols may seem stupid to people who are not dealing with it or, or, or think that, you know, everyone can make very good judgment calls on the spot, but that's not the case. Lah. So but, I think the security guard here was trying to follow certain protocols and maybe the protocols are outdated and wrong and in some ways discriminatory, then that needs to be addressed and not the security guards. That means racism. like what? If you see 30 Indian men 
or women together. <laughs> 30 men no, and women. Let's leave it at that. Or 30 people. <laughs> not men. It could be men. It could be women. No. It could be transgender, whatever. Like if you see a certain number of people, let's not add in that, that, yeah. that, that, <laughs> that lens of race. Let's take out that lens Sally of the, race. Sally, the protocol, the SOP, the illustration really are like 30 light skin colored people, there's a thick, <laughs> then 30 dark skin cross. <laughs> no, because it might also be the issue that it was a case of discrimination. It mm. was a case of racism. Mm. And we're not downplaying that. Mm. It just feels like this video was done without uh, finding out, okay, the important details like that. Because like, right. if that's the case, it is a problem. Yeah. But then, but then, but then, let's say, let's say, like a, uh, uh, so you're saying I mean, that the, the problem is that he is not following an SOP of like or, or taking the steps like talking to management first or talking to security guard first and then if all that fails then go and post a video like, right I mean yeah but then who's going to enforce the protocol right <laughs> yeah, there's there no such things that we can't yeah we can't yeah. say hey bro you got check management sorry you, your protocol not passed oh then but you then cannot then post on the, TikTok yet yeah, yeah you, can, you cannot post on TikTok uh, no then the thing is like uh, so this is where it gets it gets tricky right like mm. um if okay so statistically mm. the people who do construction work in singapore renovations yeah might be uh, uh of a certain skin color okay right yeah right uh, okay just hear me out okay <laughs> you have the hear floor me out. and uh this is the i i, I get, let's let's hand harish the <laughs> kryptonite against cancel cancel culture <laughs> la. so like yeah here, you're you're invincible against cancel culture just for the next so, like, so like okay, so. just like like sheer numbers uh, alone if mm. and and i would assume that okay most of the construction workers in singapore tend to be darker skin uh, mm. just by numbers la, by numbers uh, and by numbers it just means more than half la, right? yeah so that means if, if you see two people uh, i mean if you see one no if you if there's a construction worker, there's a higher than 50% chance that he might be of a certain color, right? Mm -hmm. uh, he might be have a certain skin color. Yeah. So if there's a trend of like, when they come in groups, they are doing construction work. Mm. And if it was late, mm. is it, I know the right thing to do is to not jump to conclusions and discriminate. Mm. But is it, is it, can someone be excused for just assuming that, okay, statistically, that is the case? Mm. Can someone be excused? That was fucking tricky, yeah. It's huh? tricky, it's tricky. But that's where the, yeah, the protocols need to, I think, you know, protocols need to evolve the times as well, right? Yeah. And I guess that's that, the essence of discrimination. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In, right. in the sense of like risk, like for them, risk management, that, that's a big part of their job, right? You know, like certain, mm. they have to make certain judgment calls and certain things. But there's also the risk that you might be accused of being racist. That's a risk. Yeah. So, uh, you need to, I think you need to incorporate that possible risk into the way you plan your protocols as well. No? Mm. Yeah. Mm -mm. So, so, oh, if, yeah. so if, the risk goes both ways. The risk, the risk goes, goes both, both ways. ways. Yeah. You can be overly careful about physical dangers and all that, but there's also reputational risk when when your protocols seem, you know, seem targeted towards mm. a certain uh, group of people. Uh, you know, it could land uh. you in, in hot water or a, a lawsuit or something like that. Uh. So, so in some way, that is that is systematically and quantifiably uh, coming up with things that protect against discrimination and yeah. and uh, by considering risk across everything, right? Yeah. Maybe ten years ago, the risk of you know being called out as a racist yeah. uh, was not that high. Or someone so posting you about you. Someone posting yeah. about you on TikTok is very low risk. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you can discriminate. But now, even okay, let's say, let's say. 
statistically, it is more likely that for any vocation, not construction work, is of a certain mm. race. Yeah. Um, like just looking from that 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 efficiency model, you should you should uh apply this pattern or trend to that like, to help you in your mm. judgment. Yeah. But what you're saying now in this day and age, that will come with its own fair share of risk. So mm. maybe there's like a twenty percent risk of being cancelled versus fifty percent, sixty percent risk of uh being uh, uh, uh wrong or right la. So yeah. You have to add it together. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right. So that means people making about. videos like this is moving the needle in the right direction, lah. Correct, correct. I mean, you and I, we deal with that all the time, right? Like, everything we talk about kind of pushes the edge of, like, what is acceptable, you know, conversation in Singapore, right? Talking about racial issues and things like that. But we accept that, we we live with that, that slightly nagging, unsettling feeling of that risk being there, right? That we could cross the line mm. and, and someone gets offended and wants to cancel us and all that. But we we live with it and we try to mitigate it by by you know taking certain measures lah. So so I think every day I mean yeah lah for definitely as a as a company or institution or what you have to factor that in lah that people everyone has a camera everyone has a TikTok account now and you know when when uh if you don't update your processes and and, and all you could end up uh risking your reputation online lah yeah. Mm, mm, mm. So, so yeah. all the infographics in your manuals cannot show like 30 light skin 30 yeah. dark skin yeah, it will yeah. be 30 like like heterogeneous people yeah. like different colors and all that and like, focus on the number yeah. not the color maybe make your manuals black and white no but black and white can still, still see shit yeah. I think you know like emojis are all yellow yellow color right they're all like Simpsons But then now we're different, different shades of emojis. Like. <laughs> yeah, so that gets tricky also. Don't, don't like, if you don't want to, <laughs> if you want any ambiguity, just, just choose a purple, a purple or a person or something. Like. Don't, don't Terrence, if you ever send me yeah. a thumbs up, a dark skin one, I'll be like, hey, fuck you, Terrence. <laughs> yeah, I've come, I've come to the point where like, I literally like have stopped using like, you know, what I think is Asian, like, like Chinese colored uh, uh, emojis really. So I just use like the standard yellow, yellow colored emojis. Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, I realize like it's such a it's such a clear <laughs> marker of, of who you are and, and, and it seems like are you trying to say something about who you are or trying to differentiate yourself from other people or, you know so it's just uh, it just gets too complex so I just like okay I just use a standard yellow color I'm not going to use like hey, no but yesterday midnight you sent me a thumbs up with a light skin one. Oh, sorry sorry <laughs> <laughs> are you going to make a TikTok <laughs> video are you going to make a TikTok <laughs> video about racism and discrimination in Singapore <laughs> Yeah, so maybe now I, I have to go. No, you asshole. It's, it's called it's called auto correct lah. You know, like fucking <laughs> in Apple keyboard, they just they take away my don't my blame yellow screen one. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't blame. That's why you said my old one. Oh, my account got my account got hacked. No, no, no. Sorry, sorry. You cannot use that. You cannot use. That. <laughs> no, 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 no. I am gonna yeah officially now. I'm just gonna revert to yellow emojis and nothing more. Yellow, yeah. the default, the status quo. Yeah, be okay yeah. with the status quo, lah. Always, yeah, yeah, right? Correct, You're always. And then, if okay, anybody makes okay, noise right, about right. yellow skin, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm the, I'm, you know, I'm the, the, the yellow skin. I'm part of that, that, that group that gets discriminated against and called yellow skin, lah. So it's okay. You can't, you can't hurt me, man. <laughs> can't hurt you, uh. Can't hurt you. Yeah. Can't hurt you. Right. But, yeah. oh, oh, that was a interesting topic, lah. Interesting topic. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But, interesting yeah. topic. But uh, yeah, yeah, speaking of uh, reputational risk and all that, uh, actually our goofy topic is a very, I think it's, it's, it'll be on everyone's lips for quite a number of, uh, at least uh, for the next couple of weeks are uh, leading up to the World Cup. And I know you are also yeah, personally man. very uh, disappointed with this news as well. 
conflicted everyone. Conflicted. What is this? Conflicted. Conflicted. Uh, so I mean, I'm sure everyone listening knows of a certain individual uh, called Cristiano Ronaldo, right? Mm. Um, but he's been in the news recently for not the best reasons. Uh, it's because he recorded a tell-all 90-minute interview with Piers Morgan, who is himself a very polarizing figure in the UK, um, where he talks about how he's been betrayed by his uh, current club, Manchester United, and how he doesn't respect the manager and uh, just explaining why he's not friends with certain ex-teammates uh, he used to play with. And mm. snippets of the interview have been teased. It's actually mm. dropping tomorrow morning, Singapore time, uh, yeah. and Friday morning, I think. It's in two parts. Yeah. So, I mean, he's been trending on Twitter for the past week. Uh, like, people are divided, uh, mm. even though I would say more people are against him right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so maybe you need to give some full context also. Uh, um, yeah, I think you can give a high level. A high okay, level context. Very, yeah. very high level. Uh, 2003, Cristiano Ronaldo came when he was 18. Uh, started off as like a dribbler. Came you know, to fancy, Manchester United. Just, la. He joined Manchester United when he was yeah, 18. Yeah, he yeah. joined Manchester United. Don't talk like everyone is um, a menu fan. You're like, he came. Like, came <laughs> what did where? I say? He came. Yeah, you said he came. I'm like, huh? Came to where? Came to Singapore? Came to Liverpool? He came to Earth. Came to where? He came came to graced us with his presence. He went to so your clearly, club. Yeah, you're, you're yeah. doing that thing where the fan of the club talks to us like, oh, he came to us when he was 18. I'm like, Who's Okay, us? clearly I'm a Man U fan and a Ronaldo yeah. fan. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, 2003, he came, <laughs> came as a <laughs> He came to Man U as a precocious teenager and over, up, like he got better and better. And in 2008, 2009, 2008, he like took the club to like like some amazing glory he was the world player of the year la. then 2009 he went to real madrid and for the next like eight years he and messi were basically dominating the global football scene mm. and every year it was just between two of them to win the world player of the year la, for yeah. a period of 10 years i think yeah then he went to juventus he became top scorer or uh, second top scorer for, and he was there for three seasons and then last year he came back to manchester united at the age of 37 la. Mm. so Started off, menu was shit at the time. He came, everyone was fucking happy. I was so psyched. He ended up as top scorer, but menu was had a shit season. Like. And this mm-hmm. year, a new manager came, Eric Ten Hag, and he's implemented his own style of football, which doesn't really suit Ronaldo. So this season in particular, Ronaldo has been featuring a lot less. Like. And along the way, he's thrown some tantrums about not being fielded. He missed preseason um, mm-hmm. and he's wanted to leave, but apparently the club doesn't let him. So at this point, it's just fucking messy. Mm, mm. Uh, it's just sad. Mm. And now with this interview, right, a lot of people who have been defending him uh, are now like, oh, why he say this? Yeah. Why? How, how can you get away with this? La? Yeah. And I, I understand so, that there might be people who are, you know, not even anywhere close to the realm of football, uh, being a football fan, la, right? Who might be thinking their eyes are glazing over the hearing about this, like, oh, it's some football thing we're talking about. But actually, the the... If you really look at it from a very high level, right? This is basically the star performer at your workplace um, coming out, let's say, on social media and bitching about what he's not happy about or he or she's not happy about in the workplace, right? And and rather than going through, like what we said about SOPs, going through management or going through the hierarchy and all that, they just skip all that and just go straight to the media and just say, you know, I I hate the current workplace. It's terrible. I just... I love the workplace so much. I care so much about it that I want to. I have to speak up about it, like, Right? 
Um, mm, mm, mm. So that's a little bit of what is is happening now. And that's why I think it's more than just a sports story. It's become a bit more mainstream than that. Like it's it's really someone who's a global icon uh, who has transcended even the sport. I mean, he's one of the most followed people on Instagram. Or the most, is he the most followed? I think the million. most, 500, 500 yeah. plus million. 500 million, the most followed person on Instagram. Basically coming out to the world and saying, you know, I, I, I can't stand being, I can't stand working where I'm working now. Can't stand my employer, can't stand my boss. And uh, <laughs> yeah, this is, this is what it sounds like to everyone. Uh. That's why, I, like what you said, there's a lot of negativity, all these negative reactions to what he's doing. Uh. But, um, but you said you were conflicted. Uh. And can you explain why you're, 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 you yourself are feeling conflicted about this? Uh? Okay, I won't deny that I am a huge fan of Cristiano Ronaldo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to me, he is the greatest player of all time, above <laughs> Messi. Yeah. I will say that and I will defend it to the death. Um, but, I mean, of course, he's a bit petulant. Sometimes he's mama drama and all. Mm. But I just admire his, his work ethic, his perseverance and how like, no matter the pressure, the, the, the fucking haters, the negativity, he still always manages to kick ass. La. Mm. So, so I, I have unbiased uh, uh, loyalty to Ronaldo. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, uh, I would say more like just loyalty because literally watching him when he was 18, he's like yeah. one year younger than me, mm. right? He's really like watching this guy like, oh, fuck, this guy and like just destroy teams. Mm. And of course, against Messi and him, it was just, I don't know when else we will see a, a rivalry like that. Like, it's like yeah. Federer Nadal, you know, mm. that kind. But in this case, like what he did, I mean, it's just the the concept of a team sport, right? Mm. Uh, if you if you become if you put yourself ahead of the team, mm. that becomes annoying, like. And man, you they are getting momentum. You know, they have a decent team right now. Yeah. And the timing of this also last weekend was the last match of the Premier League before they break for the World Cup. Mm. Mm. Right. There's the games are only going to resume. I think end of December maybe. Yeah. And man, you won their last game. Yeah. And like this 18-year-old guy just scored and like there was a lot of like excitement. La. And the first teaser of this Piers Morgan interview came like a few hours after that. Mm, mm, mm. Then it feels like, and even a few matches ago when they beat Tottenham, which is a pretty good team, 2-0, it was a great performance. Mm. But all the headlines were dominated because Cristiano Ronaldo walked uh, into the tunnel, um, the dressing room, like a few minutes before the match ended. Mm, and he refused to so, become on as a substitute, la, right? Yeah. yeah, so it just feels like because okay, so I mean, I I like I guess why I'm convicted is because I used I used to play hockey a lot, right? And mm. hockey is a team sport. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I I'm thankful that I ended up captaining a lot of the teams that I played in, mm. Um, and one big thing is that it is a team sport. Mm. Uh, you get out of line, you shut the fuck up, and you you don't be a prima donna. You mm. it's about the team sport. It's a yeah. team sport. It's a team sport. Yeah. So when you see this, it's like, hey, Ronaldo, like, no matter how big a fan people are of you, uh, why you do this? But yeah. then, but then it makes me think that one thing that Ronaldo is known for, aside from, okay, like, maybe diving and petulance, is that his, his, his intense professionalism, right? Mm. Like, he's known to be the first to training, last to uh, leave training, and he takes care of every aspect of his life to optimize for being a good footballer. Mm. Mm. So why the fuck would he do this? Yeah, because this is like the, why this is the epitome of not being professional, right? Airing exactly. your airing your workplace grievances in on social media or in public, 
and you know avoiding talking to your boss you know that like you said the timing is that he doesn't have to to play he doesn't have to face the fans or his his boss or anything because he's literally in another country and all that right so yeah. it's um yeah it's also yeah it is very uh it is very puzzling why someone who his whole life has been held up as a as a as a a model for professionalism in the sport lah, right and 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 idolized for that lah, right um the yeah. fact that he would turn around and do this um which i think yeah lah, like like you said lah, it is very out of character and and unprofessional lah. Yeah. yeah and i mean he's he's 37 now he's mm. going to turn 38 in february yeah. so, i believe so, that's the thing I, I could even say that oh this is a generational thing where they they you know maybe they don't understand the how the workplace operates and this is how you treat people. This he's not. He's like thirty seven already. He's not even that generation that where you say like, okay lah. They're very young. They're very emotional. They don't understand the yeah. gravity of the actions. He has to know yeah. that everything he does is will be scrutinized and will be looked up to by, uh, will be looked at by young people and and, and all as well lah, Right. Yeah, and I mean he is a leader, right? Mm-hmm. He is a leader of teams. Yeah. Uh, you have seen him step up to the world stage, and he's thirty seven, turning thirty eight. And the the greatest of all time debate between him and Messi, it it's still split lah. You know, there's no mm-hmm. one clear. Of course, you talk to people who think Cristiano Ronaldo, they say, "Oh fuck!" Of course, it's it's undisputed, undisputed but it's not clear. And the World Cup is coming, mm. so mm. it feels like he still has a chance to build his legacy. You know. Yeah. So, but the fact that he did this, then I think, wow, fuck, what happened? Like, is it that Chala? He did mention certain things about his personal life. Yeah. Um. And then you feel like, that's why, like, like as much as I've seen online, the chatter, I, I want to watch the interview. And even then, it just feels like there must be something going on. Yeah, because think, uh, he doesn't have a history of, of like going ape shit like this. Like, you know, Kanye yeah, West, yeah. he does something, it's almost like, okay, like, he's <laughs> struggling with something. Like, you know, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. struggling. But, but Ronaldo just feels so like, why? Yeah, I, why? Think, I think the specific, uh, there, there are people who are saying that there is some uh, truth to some of the things he's saying. For example, he point he's point he pointed out that the facilities, the infrastructure, at the club have hasn't improved since he was there as a teenager, like, Right? It's the mm. same gym, it's the same facilities, the same swimming pool, the same kitchen, the same chefs, and everything. So it feels like like the club uh, there hasn't been an investment in improving the club infrastructure for. To, to keep up with the times. Uh. So that, I think a lot of people say, uh, is a very valid criticism of the ownership and the management. That's like, you know, saying that, hey, uh, you know, we, we need a better workplace. We need better workplace conditions so that we can do our work better, lah, right? So I think mm. that, that in some sense, people say, okay, that, that you can criticize that and that's fine. Um, then I think he also mentioned that the club was uh, very unsympathetic and almost, almost uh, felt, it felt like they were unsupportive of him when, he had to. He claims that he had to skip the preseason because his daughter was sick, lah. And um, if you if you don't know the story intimately, actually, he went through a, a quite a devastating. I think a stillbirth of one of his, of one of his twins. Mm. Like he had twin kids coming out, and and there were one of the, uh, one of the twins. I think the son uh, came out as a still stillbirth, lah. And then the daughter survived, and but then the daughter had to be warded in the hospital for for I think he said bronchitis or something. And because of that, he didn't want to leave his family's side. And he, when he told the management or he told the senior executives at the club about it, they apparently he he insinuated that they were didn't really believe him, lah. You know, so 
that I think really uh, triggered him off as well, which I understand as any parent will understand like it, it, your your child's health is the the most important thing and everything else just falls away when whenever there's a anything to do with your your children's health, right? So it would be really triggering if your employer was like, you know, yeah, I don't believe what you're telling me. You got to come back to work, right? So, so I understand the anger there as well. Um, but yeah, the other than that, like, there's a lot of other aspects of why he said that. I was like, uh, yeah, this, this. I mean, I get his frustration with the the workplace, but a lot of what he's saying is unprofessional. Like when he's talking about his even his ex teammates, he's talking about why mm. are they criticizing me? You know. If you you were me in the dressing room, you really shouldn't be talking about me in this way. And then and, and you know, there like he's talking about Gary Neville, he's talking about Wayne Rooney, and all these players that he used to play with and apparently was good friends with, but now he's like, Yeah, I don't talk to them and all that kind of thing. Uh yeah. So that to me just sounds like then you're being a bit petty already like, about this whole thing. This it's not just about you trying to improve your workplace or improve conditions for your you and your colleagues. It's about you just having personal vendettas against certain people. Like. Yeah, because yeah, along the way, I mean, like yeah, it's been such a roller coaster. Like even like the case where he 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 had one child uh pass on because of stillbirth, right? Yeah. That weekend he played a game for Man you know. Yeah, 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 and crazy. and I mean he has been so loyal to the club. Uh, that's what that's one aspect, like. But then along the way, even recently, I think Gary Neville, who was his teammate for like I think six for five years, lah. Mm-hmm. Um. He, he he was saying because now Gary Neville is a, a sports pundit and mm. he commentates a lot and he did say Ronaldo has to leave. So the next week, uh, when Gary Neville was doing the intro to the show on the pitch with two other footballers, Ronaldo mm. walked past and he said hi to the other two and he just ignored Gary Neville. Yeah. And then a few <laughs> months before he, Jamie Carragher made some comments and he ignored Jamie Carragher. Yeah. And I think he, he even said like that he doesn't respect the manager because the manager doesn't respect him. Mm-hmm. So then it just feels like, wow, this is just very sad because even years before, uh, mm. there was one famous story of like uh, how Rio Ferdinand, who was the captain of Menu then, mm. a solid defender, he said, I think someone got a ping pong table like Patrice Evra or something mm. and they invited Ronaldo to go over to play and Ronaldo was like 21. Mm. And Patrice Evra beat Ronaldo. La. So yeah. what Ronaldo did was he bought his own table. Mm-hmm. For the next two weeks, he trained every day <laughs> and he invited Patrice Evra over and whack the shit out of him. <laughs> so, so those sort of stories are enduring, but when it rears its head like this, right, it really is inexcusable. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, it, I, I have heard that, um, one thing also is we haven't heard Menu's side of it, or, or even his coach, Eric Ten Hag's side of things, right? Um, mm. Because all he said that is, I don't, I mean, all, all we've heard so far from interviews that the coach doesn't respect me, so I don't respect him. Um, mm. But that's a very loaded statement. Like, what does it mean when you say the coach doesn't respect you, like, right? Um, so there, there has been some speculation from pundits as well that was he lied to about something? Is there a possibility that he was told certain things about, uh, you know, oh yeah, you will, you will get certain, you get a definite amount of playing time. You are definitely in our plans and all these things. But then later, subsequently, the the situation changed. So, so that that could make him feel like. Yeah, I'm not being respected. My view is not being respected. You're telling me one thing and doing another. Uh, yes, so there is a possibility that he feels away. But again, I would go back to saying that. Uh, yeah, that that doesn't make justify you going to public, uh, going to the public about it, lah. Right? 
I think it's still yeah. something that you you do need to sit down and talk with your employer, talk with your boss, direct boss about, and try those avenues first before you just straight out say that he doesn't respect me, so I don't respect him, lah. Right. So so that's where I think it's an important thing to note also that if you are yeah. listening and maybe don't have the context of menu, menu has been in shit situation the past few years, lah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Alex Ferguson left in twenty thirteen, I mm. think. To, uh, and he's the legend of Menu, who built yeah. up over 20 years, one of the greatest teams ever. But since then, they've gone through like four managers. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year, Ole Gunnar Solja, a player turned manager, got sacked. And it's just shit. And there's been so many protests about getting the owners, the Glazers out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it just, it seems like the management is shit. Mm-hmm. And I do recall one interview previously also with Anthony Marshall, who's a forward uh, at Menu who hasn't really fulfilled his potential. But he came out in an interview and said that under the previous manager, he was forced to play when injured. Mm, and mm. he he was mistreated and, and mm. it was quite a revolutionary uh, interview because he had a sudden dip in form la, over the mm. past few years and it was, it was not clear. La. And then I also remember that in Sir Alex Ferguson's days, there were players like Rooney himself who uh, like lashed out. Uh, Roy Keane, the legendary mm. captain, mm. He was uh, booted by Alex Ferguson for disrespecting him. David Beckham. Yeah. Yap Stam. So, I mean, in a team, f- in a sport full of like big egos, big personalities, there will definitely be clashes. Like. This one just so happens it's Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure you're going to watch the interview also or find some way to watch it, right? Mm-hmm. But do you think this will tarnish his legacy or not? Because, because okay, I watched him when I was in 2003. Mm-hmm. There are people who are watching him now who may not even have been born. No? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct, yeah. So, you know, like when people tell us about Pele, Maradona, mm, mm. it's hard to compare them to, say, Messi because we never saw them. Yeah, you know? correct. Um, so, so, your question is, will it tarnish his legacy in terms of how people the, see him? Then he's the greatest player of all time. Yeah, yeah. So, I think in recent years, I mean, I used to think like that, you know, when, you, when the discussion of the greatest of all time comes up in any sport, like, right? Whether it's tennis or basketball and all that. I used to be to have very strong feelings about, oh, you know, but you got to look at the statistics, the numbers and all these things. Um, that, you know, like Michael Jordan, nobody scored like Michael Jordan. Nobody nobody won as, uh, nobody was as dominant in NBA finals as Michael Jordan. Or back in the days when Federer and Nadal were, you know, and Djokovic were battling it out. And I was like, yeah, you know, Federer has the most Grand Slam titles and, and, and and that that makes him the greatest of all time. You know, there's no other no, no other discussion about what makes you great, lah. Right. Mm. But in, in more recent years, lah, maybe as I age, or maybe as as I I re- really start to understand a bit more about each sport as well. I I can't realize like this greatest of all time debate. It's it's firstly it's it's, it's impossible to really come to a definitive mm. answer, lah. Right. I think mm. especially when you're comparing across eras, like. Pele, Maradona, Messi, Ronaldo. It's different eras. Different eras, mm. different technology was available to each of these players. Different, <clears throat> even tennis, different rackets were available to players. So you can't really compare that way. So you kind of need to look at, when you talk about greatest of all time, what I've realized is you kind of need to look at holistically where their whole career has been and what kind of ups and downs and they've gone through in their careers and what people, how they've impacted the sport in general to really think about whether they're the greatest of all time. Mm. So for example, like in the tennis discussion, like Roger Ferrer doesn't have the most Grand Slams ever, right? But mm. you, his impact across generations of tennis, across multiple, you know, across decades of tennis, the number of people he pulled into the sport, the number of people even today that still 
idolize him and still uh, you know watch the sport because of him is un- unrivaled like, right whether by Nadal mm. or, or Djokovic and all no matter how many championships Djokovic wins he will never be as uh, beloved or uh, never bring in as many eyeballs to the sport as, as Roger Federer has like, right so mm. in my mind that that really would would you know put a feather in the cap and and and, and say that that's that's what makes Roger Federer the greatest like or one of the greatest if not the greatest of all time like. And on the flip side, I think everyone we recently uh, in the past two years we've watched the Last Dance, right? The the mm. documentary about the Chicago Bulls that actually made me think that maybe saying just blanket saying Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time also isn't the 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 best look lah because if you look at if you really think about if you really watch the documentary and think about how Jordan treated his teammates or how. Even up to this day, he's not giving certain. He's not giving props to his teammates, and how so many of his teammates are still so was like Scotty Pippen are still so bitter about how they were treated by Michael Jordan and all. Did he really foster a very uh, you know a great team environment for any, everyone? Of course, he won the championships. Of course, he carried the team to the finals and all. But did he make players around him better, la? Uh, so so that's also another big thing that comes into consideration, especially when it comes to team sports, la, Right. Mm-hmm. Like, like, do you what kind of impact you have not only on on the sport but also the people around you, the the fans around you, and all. So, so that made me give me second, give, give me pause about just blanket saying Michael Jordan is the greatest of all time, because you know people are talking about, you know, someone like LeBron James or, or you know who has had a, a huge impact on the sport and has brought in a lot of eyeballs. He definitely is not as as motivated to win as Michael Jordan was, but but he has done a lot that Michael Jordan didn't do for the sport. Like he's spoken up for social causes as well. So is there an argument for him being one of the greatest of all time? Yes, definitely. La. So yeah, to me, it's like what Ronaldo is doing now is definitely tarnishing that side of his legacy, that side of him being the consummate professional, that side of him feeling like this is the guy that you can depend on to be the team player, the team captain, the leader for the the leader for the group. La. That's the aspect that I think is tarnished and definitely it will affect uh, you know, future discussions on whether he was really the greatest of all time. Mm, mm, I mean, okay, that's my long spiel about it. How about you? Blanket, no. You love him. You're not gonna you're not gonna change your mind about him at all. Um I would say I would say it it adds another facet to it because I also do believe that there for me, even specific to football, there's a difference between the greatest player of all time and the most talented player of all time. Mm, mm. Like, the most talented, hands down, like fucking Messi. Yeah. Uh, he just does stuff that no one else can do. Mm. Um, but is he the greatest? I, I will say that Ronaldo's thing, uh, legacy, will be tarnished, but I actually think only slightly. Only mm. slightly. Because mm. if you really want to look at it uh, in a way a positive spin, He's 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 speaking his mind, mm. right? Mm. You can disagree with it. You can disagree with the way he did it, but he's speaking his mind, mm. And I mean, some of my favorite players of all time, like Roy Keane, mm. right? You can see him as a fucking asshole. He did some horrible tackles and all, mm. but there's a certain uh, respect there. I, I still say that what Cristiano Ronaldo is doing now is fucked up. Mm. Um, I don't think he should have done it. Mm. But I think maybe the impact on his legacy will be will be less than maybe what uh, like people think at first. Lah, I think. I think mm. over time, it will just be a blip. Uh, there's still a World Cup. Um, 
a part of me still thinks that, okay, you know, Ronaldo in the past, if you, if you look at his history, he's always thrived when people hate him. Mm, mm. For some reason. So now maybe this is the additional fire he needs to go and win the World Cup and become top scorer with Portugal. So I hope <laughs> that's his ultimate master plan. Yeah. Um, I hope, but yeah lah. Like um, I think I think at this point it's it's hard to side with him lah. And I also feel like ah, oh, fuck, I'm dreading watching the interview lah. Yeah. I'm dreading it. Yeah. And I mean, I, I get what you're saying, but remember that, I mean, Manchester United fans will never think of him the same way again lah. Right. For sure. Yeah, la, yeah, yeah la. and how many Manchester fans, Manchester United fans, are there around the world, and how many people who looked up to him and grew? I felt that like almost like when he came back to Man U, like what is it? It was came back, like oh my god, it was the god, return was... of return of the prodigal son. You know, I remember that that whole thing. It felt like the Drury, right? Yeah, there was like a whole ceremony, and then it was just such a yeah. The, the commentary <sighs> that that uh, Peter Drury is it? He he yeah, he Peter said Drury. It was so poor. Reaved in red. Yeah, I think <clears throat> even me, I'm not a fan of Manchester United, but I was excited to see that you know like this kind of loyalty being shown by one of the greatest icons of the sport, like loyalty to a to a club that he grew up with and all. So for sure, that is gone. Uh. That's tarnished forever. And um, if he ever appears in in front of the Man U fans again, which I don't think he will, um, I think it. it It'll be a very mixed reaction at the very least, right? Actually, you know? that one, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> what do you mean? In- I don't know. Yeah, like, um, I think it'll be maybe not as fervent, mm, mm. but... No, yeah, so I say it, it might be 50-50. Because there are fans who are very upset with the current uh, senior executives and the owners of the club as well. Uh. They also feel the club haven't progressed, hasn't progressed since then. So Ronaldo is just speaking his mind about things. But... You can't deny that uh, under this new coach, Eric Ten Hag, uh, things have been looking better for Menu, right? Yeah, things yeah, have been has, picking up. And if anything, this has. throws a spanner in the works. This makes everyone down again. It makes everyone feel like, oh, the club is going nowhere again. Nah. And uh, to say that you are doing this because you love the club, because you love the fans, doesn't this go against that? You know, like bringing everyone yeah. down, making it about yourself and your relationship with the club and not about where the club is at now. So yeah, I mean, yeah. it's hard for me to to argue but but I would I would want to ask you something la. so you know this kind of reminds me of a situation that you and I were in at one point when we were EPing a show we were EPing mm. a, a show what's EP and, what's EP oh sorry what's we were executive producing a show so we were pretty much like the 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 managers or the the coach of the of the of the club la, right we were executive ah. producing a show and so we put together a team that we felt was awesome and there were a lot of uh, very talented people in the team la, right but I think we faced a situation where one of the very talented people on the team uh, started to, you know, do certain things that were very out of line, la, right? We felt like mm. speaking speaking up to us, uh, speaking up against us or, or, or you know, publicly trying to, to make comments, you know, those insinuating those comments that were questioning our decisions and all these things about certain things. And uh, yeah, we had very strong feelings about that, la, right? So mm. watching this Cristiano Ronaldo situation kind of reminded me of that situation mm. la, where we had to react as we were like the Eric Ten Hags in that situation where we had to think about okay there is someone who is very talented on our team and and I, I, we always thought that, okay you know like he's definitely got ego he's got personality he's, he likes to speak his mind and all these things all positive traits are right but at a certain point we felt like okay this is rocking the boat way too much really and we can't deal with it anymore mm. and we had to mm. we had to take very severe actions to to change things, right? Which essentially was like, okay, if 
if you're not going to change, you got to pack up and leave, right? That's essentially mm-hmm. the ultimatum we gave. So mm-hmm. when you compare those two situations, like, do you <laughs> do you think like you would have said what you're saying now? Like, oh, you know, but yeah, you know, he he's like, maybe this will give him the fire to want to perform better. Like if I let him just <laughs> the, throw a tantrum so, and all this, would you say the same things? No. So <laughs> so if I take off, if I take off my fanboy hat, yeah. I won't deny, okay? I'm a fanboy, okay? Yeah. This talking about this topic is making me feel like so fucking conflicted. Yeah. Uh, but I'm a fanboy. But the moment I take that off, yeah. if I'm Eric Tanhag or even in the position that we were at as EPs, I'm like, fuck you, get out. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yep. you, There's even no if doubt. If your first name is Cristiano, get the hell out of here. Get out. You get out. We, this is the team thing. If there's a crack, you make the crack bigger, you're not helping, you get out. Yeah. And and I mean, like uh I think like 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 you, you know just how I mentioned that I got the chance to like captain the, the sports teams, you know. I yeah. look back at certain things I did also, I'm like, oh shit, I could have done better, like I could have done better. And it was a very, very big learning journey. And then I look up at the people around me who were also captains or leaders and you realize that you really do your, you, you can't just favor one person or not. And I've read some people that say, oh, you know, if you have a star performer, you should build it mm. around uh, that star performer. And sure, some people might be able to make it work, but I would rather not. Mm. I, I, I really don't think that is good. Um, and, and that's why for this, if I was even Cristiano's teammate, I'd be like, yo, man, yeah. What the hell are you doing this for? Yeah. 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 What the hell? So so now it's interesting to see what happens in Portugal. Because mm. the one of the very influential players in Portugal, Bruno Fernandes, is Ronaldo's teammate at Menu. Yeah. Correct, correct. You know? So it just feels like, wow, this thing is like Yeah. So so it depends what hat I wear. <laughs> la. uh, what hat I wear. Well, yeah, yeah. So I I, I mean I made it sound like we were very decisive about it. About oh yeah, you but yeah, fuck. but actually yeah. no. I think hot, if yeah. you you and I remember correctly, if I remember correctly, like, right, we were hemming and hawing about it a lot, like, right, about how to handle this situation. Like we needed, you know, we needed the talent on our team. We needed, we needed to keep the schedule. We needed to keep the boat afloat and things like that. Can we deal with such? Can we deal with just changing things up and all that? Um, but I think in retrospect. You know, the moment we said, okay, no, we put a hard line and said, no, let's stop this shit. And uh, if not, it's over, right? I think that's yeah. the moment when things actually improved, uh, right? Yeah. So, yeah, uh, like you, I, I, I do think that, uh, you know, the, the Eric Ten Hag, the coach of Menu, needs to be very, very decisive about this. No more. Like, it's not, it, it's very clear that Ronaldo's career at Manchester United is over. And Done. even if it yeah. means just just like he sits around and just earns earns his salary for the rest of the year, whatever. He's not he's never stepping to the, the club ever again. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean that, that was truth. one of the learning experiences like, for us, right? Um I mean in future, whatever team we have to assemble and all that, if there's someone who's causing cracks to form, mm. nah man. Yeah. Out. The hard part is, yeah. is is yeah, the hard part is finding out like are these cracks that will like what you say, cause people motivate others to work harder, or are they the cracks that will just like slowly seep into everything, yeah. like, almost like a like a cancer, and just like quietly just you know kill motivation for everyone? Uh. And in this situation, yeah, yeah. Ronaldo, um, like like you like you said, like unfortunately, I think that it's that kind of quiet cancer that will kill the the entire mood in the whole dressing room. So they have to get rid of it, lah. Uh, yeah. This like 
It's like, you can you can hear how difficult uh, it is for Harish because he's like it is man. It's the cognitive dissonance of idolizing this man for like what twenty years, and then and then he turns around and does does something that uh, is completely against your ethos of how someone should conduct themselves. Uh. Yeah. Uh, but he's been building towards this, lah. I don't know, lah. <laughs> yes, but it's still surprising uh, to me because uh, I think we've always known that he's got an ego. We've always known that he. He wants the best for himself and expects the best of everyone else, including the, yeah. the club. Yeah. But so you, but I've always seen that as okay. That's the, that is the you know it's the double edged sword like, of getting a super motivated, super talented person in your team like. Um, but you know it's it's yeah like, He I think he's brought it to a point where you, you can't you can't justify it and say that mm. it's to motivate everyone else like, Yeah, it's gone to the point where yeah. it just it destabilizes everything and he has to go like. So I know like Messi and non-Menu fans, especially Liverpool fans, are loving what's happening. Mm-hmm. But uh, just gotta move on. Yeah. Got to move on. Every day I'll just watch some Cristiano Ronaldo highlights <laughs> uh, from previous years to make myself feel better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> this, this is Harish dealing with the cognitive dissonance like, right now. <laughs> yeah, It's correct. very uncomfortable. It's very unsettling. It's, it's very uncomfortable. It him, uh, you can hear it's making him depressed. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> but yeah. So maybe it's time to move on to some shook things, man. Yes, yes, yes. What is your... Some shook things. What shook comment? Uh, would you like to go first? Yeah, yeah. I think... Uh, one of the one shock things that um I had recommended previously about Dharma, the the I think it was that that the Netflix show about Jeffrey Dahmer, the serial killer. You know, uh, question Grouchy one three four. It says, um, thanks, Terence, for the intro to to Dharma. Interesting show. So I mean, it's pretty awesome that that yeah people are really listening to our one shock things and 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 trying them out for themselves and discovering that they love it as well. Because, um, yeah, sometimes I just wonder, like, are we just speaking? Are we just barking at, at a tree <laughs> or something? Like, saying that this is a bunch of things and nobody gives a shit. La. But apparently <laughs> yeah, people do. So it's a nice reminder once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So if you ever take up one of our one show things, let us know. La. Yeah. You know? Or start a discussion let about it or know, something. Man. <laughs> so that other people yeah, can also right. talk about it. La. Yeah. If not, it just, very, like, yeah, it just yeah. feels very ego- Egoistic to just like, oh, this is what I like, and then everyone, everyone yeah, just quiet. <laughs> You're the guy that you meet party. up with a friend. Yeah, <laughs> you meet up with a friend. I like this. I <laughs> like this. I like this. Or like, <laughs> or, or I've done it before, like you know, I've done it before. Like we're at a party, and I'm like, yeah, everyone, let's watch this YouTube video. And then I throw it on oh, TV, yeah. and, and then everyone's yeah. like, what the fuck? Is this? <laughs> <laughs> no, and you know that feeling because I've done that too. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. worst feeling in the world when you have this super funny video, you yeah. put it up, you show your friends, and nobody laughs. Yeah, yeah. Or you tell then everyone, I'll say oh, stuff, oh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's only one more minute, one, one more minute yeah, left. Yeah, then yeah. you skip forward a bit, skip forward a bit. Yeah, and or no you try laughs. to watch a no movie. movie. I love this movie. Let's go. And then you're sitting there watching people watching the movie. And everyone, then people yeah, start checking the phone or falling asleep. Then you're like, what the yeah, fuck? It's fucking terrible, yeah. <laughs> yes. so, so the one shock thing is like, yeah, we're just throwing it out there. And if some of you resonate, just let us know, man. Yeah, yeah. Let us know. Cool. All right. What, what is your uh, one oh, show wait, my, my one show comment. My one show comment was uh, something posted by longtime poster, Jungle Jimbo. Mm. Um, T4 Football, which is a, publication house that I haven't heard of before. Mm. Um, they have a five-part series on Qatar hosting the World Cup and 
um, how this World Cup is a geopolitical event with wide-ranging implications and all that. And mm. another user, SG Redshaw, also a long-time commenter, said, yeah, he... Uh, they 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 gave the validation that TIFO football is great. Yeah, and they give like a there there are those outlets that take a different uh, approach to sports uh, reporting lah. You right. know, either going into the tactics, yeah. the the stories, the history, and all that. So yeah. I'm going to check it out. I haven't checked it out yet. Yeah, but, I've been watching those videos uh, for quite a while already. TIFO. No, is it? Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's it's TIFO really quite football. interesting because yeah, like like uh maybe I'm a bit more of a casual fan. So for me, it's like I never understood certain certain reasons why people say that this coach is better than that coach or these tactics are better than those tactics and why 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 is why is everyone you know playing a similar kind of game now and why aren't they playing that kind of game so, so it does help you really understand from a one-on-one point of view lah. yeah mm-hmm. cool all right and on to the one show things yeah um i'll go first lah. I think yeah, the one sure. show thing is just something I, I just recently discovered that I thought was uh, a bit... I don't hear a lot of people discussing or talking about it, but it's this uh, a Swedish uh, show on Netflix called The Playlist. But it's about something that everyone's mm. very familiar about. It's about the founding of Spotify or the ascension of Spotify. And then it goes into the the founder story of Spotify, la, a dram- dramatized founder story of Spotify. So uh, it's in Swedish and, and you know you knew you read subtitles, but... Uh, I think Spotify is one of those things where the, it's such a huge service, it's such a huge company, but definitely you don't hear as much about the founder as, as you do about like Facebook or, or Apple or any of these other uh, US tech companies, like, right? Mm. So the fact that this drama is in Swedish as well makes it feel uh, uh, much more real as well. And I don't know how much of it is real, real, but but it's a yeah, it's been an interesting watch. I've only I've only one episode in only, but um, uh, so far I like what I've, I've seen. Uh. Oh yeah, the place also is good lah. Because I saw it come out, I was like, hmm, do yeah. I do I want to watch it? Yeah, uh, it seems yeah, it seems interesting. Like it seems interesting. Yeah, definitely. It's a mini series, is it? Uh yeah, it's just one season right now. Mini series, yeah. I, I guess I see, it's I probably see. if it's really about the founding of 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 uh Spotify, it's probably only be it'll only be one season. Uh. I see, I see. Yeah. Cool. Uh, what is your one show? Okay. Uh, my one show thing is um, this one video that I that I resurfaced. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's about you know you know Mr. Bean like Rowan Atkinson, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so there's this one video on YouTube, and I'm just pulling it up now. Called uh Rowan Atkinson visual comedy la. Yeah. Um. And it just goes into the, the 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 like 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 the the way he approaches uh physical comedy mm. and and um just just clips of him going doing his comedy in a like like a bit of the mindset and the philosophy behind it lah. Mm. So it's not one of those things that it's a not a live thing or or actual Mister Bean stuff. It's just going through like. I think it's a video essay la, done by this mm. this random uh YouTuber. So mm. it's a, by a small channel, like 500 plus subscribers, but this video is 200 plus uh, K views and it just goes into the philosophy of comedy, aspects of comedy anchored in Rowan Atkinson. La. Mm. And then you realize Rowan Atkinson is like a fucking genius and uh, I think he got famous because of Mr. Bean, but mm. you there are clips of him talking through like comedy which is just like wow this guy is a comedy genius like he can make mm. make make comedy come out of nothing la. 
Mm, yeah, so it's a forty-seven minute video. I think I've I've, I've just yeah. been slowly going through it when I when I have a bit of time. But yeah, mm. it's good, man. That's cool. I mean, yeah, a lot. I think yeah. a lot of people underestimate uh, how much work it goes into creating Mr. Bean. Uh, yeah, yeah, and Rowan Atkinson is a genius. He's a comedy he's, genius. He's comedy legend. genius. Yeah, legend. Just like a, but I mean, he didn't tarnish his reputation. <laughs> he didn't bitch about his employer. Uh, he, he ended. He ended on a high note. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Ronaldo, please win the World Cup and become top yeah. scorer. Please. So that, please. So that Harris that. can sleep at night. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So that yeah, it'll settle yeah. all debate about should I continue supporting this unprofessional man? <laughs> yes, yes. Correct. Yeah. So Ronaldo, come on, man. Do your thing, man. All right. Sweet. Cool. All right, cool. Thanks a lot, everybody.